1: Hey, how's it going? Thanks for tuning in tonight. Fun show so far. And you can always get more on 630Ched.com, where the voice of the Oilers and the Eskimos get the latest on the Oilers' injury woes there. Larson on injured reserve. The new guy is Nathan Walker. You can read a little more about him. Grew up in Australia 23 years old, hoping to help the Oilers in the speed and penalty kill department. He'll be a fourth liner, so we'll see what he can bring to the rink. And uh, speaking of football stuff, uh, former Eskimo general manager, now hired by the BC Lions, Ed Hervey, joined me in the first half hour of the show. Asked him why it wasn't working out between he and Eskimo's president, Len Rhodes.
2: No, I don't I don't get it cut into... Um... You know, the comments that he made and, uh, you know, the things that I'm about to say have nothing to do with that day. You know, the fans of Edmonton know that I'm all about winning football games and winning, and, um, you know, I care about the people. I'm all about the team. I'm all about projecting, you know, the environment of we. And I'm not into that other stuff that people do for themselves, right? Um, This, you know, I – Differences of philosophy that people try to, um, you know, talk about. I keep hearing this. And uh, no, I'm not really, uh, you know, I'm not going to comment on it. I can only tell you that I'm all about the collective we. I'm all about promoting the group. And, um, you know, I've I'm, I'm, I'm never been prom- um, uh, all about promoting one person. I've never been about uh, the brand of, concerned about the brand of one person. I've only been concerned about the group. You know, I could care less about all that other stuff. And but that's where I've been as a player. That's where I've been as a manager. It's all about team. So that's my my. You know, that's how I am. I, mean, I don't really know what anyone else's philosophy is, but that's my philosophy.
1: That's just some of my interview with Ed Hervey. You can get all of it by signing up for the Inside Sports podcast on 630 chat or on uh, on iTunes pardon me and you can go to the inside sports page on 630chat.com Kellen loads uh, every hour of the show and they uh, take uh, they don't they don't take too long to upload eh?
0: in fact the first hour is going up right
1: now so it'll be up there yeah, uh, in seconds on 630 it's, it's on there right now. On the Inside Sports page. Thanks, buddy. All you right, so last night's game for the Oilers ending in odd fashion. It's 4-4. Chris Russell trying to check Caudry in front, accidentally shoots it into his own net. Not the first defenseman to have something weird happen to him in a game. One guy that dealt with a bit of an own goal in his career, former Oiler from Lloyd Minster, Corey Cross. Corey, welcome back to Inside Sports. How are you doing? I'm good, Reed. How are you? I'm doing very well. How's life? Uh, I know you were coaching, uh, helping with the junior A team last uh, last couple of years. You still on the bench, or what are you up to?
3: No, this year I'm I'm helping doing some coach mentoring in West Kelowna, and uh, coaching my son on the Adam A team in West Kelowna as well. So just doing minor hockey stuff. Uh, took the took a rest with the junior A team for now. So. Yeah, enjoy enjoying the other stuff for sure.
1: What what do you like about working with that with that age group? Clearly uh, I would assume it's a different level of intensity and and maybe uh a different kind of a, a coaching approach that it might have been with the guys in their late teens. <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah, a little bit, a little bit. Um, you know, the kids are wide-eyed and bushy tail; like they just want to learn and and there's lots to teach them. So it's it's constant teach them, show them on the board, show them in practice, you know, how to do things properly and trying to get them to get good habits at an early age is, is a big thing. And hopefully they can continue that as they, as they move on through minor hockey, but so lots of fun. I mean, we're down, down today, five, five, nothing after two, we come back make it five, five and, Team team gets a, we get a penalty and they score on a power play to make to score, to win six five so that that's the kind of stuff that happens in minor hockey.
1: Wow, sounds like a wild game, almost as wild as what we saw at Rogers Place uh, last night. Uh, <laughs> as, as a former defenseman and a former Oiler, you you feel for Chris Russell a bit on that play.
3: Oh yeah, I mean I think I think at some point in your career in. You play longer, the chances it's going to happen. You're probably going to take a shot on your own net, or it's going to, you know, deflect off you and go in, or do something crazy. So.
1: You you uh, you were played for Toronto in 2001, and I, I know Bob referenced this on our call show last night too. You scored an overtime goal. And uh, for the Leafs in the first round against Ottawa. And, and you, I don't know, I, when people do that overtime challenge, no offense, Corey, I might have been the only person that took you because I was uh, working at Lloyd <laughs> Bister at the time. <laughs> and, then, and then, so you, you had all the accolades. And then in the second round against New Jersey, uh, Rafalski shot one from the wing and you're in front and it went in off your skate in overtime. And New Jersey won that game and eventually the series. It, it wasn't exactly the same uh, as the Russell play. Um, though it did go off you into your own net. What do you remember about you know, that moment, how your teammates reacted, and maybe how the fans and, and media uh, treated you after the game and the next day, whether it was fair or not, Corey?
3: <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was just bad luck. I, was, I think it was Randy McKay was going in the net, and Rafalski shot it and went up my skate and went in, and after the game, you know, it was just stuff happens out there. It was just unlucky, really. And uh, and the Toronto media like, oh, you scored on your scored on yourself. How's that feel? I'm like, like what are you talking? about? I didn't score myself. They shot it, went off me, and went in and that. I mean, that's not really scoring on yourself. But they try to they try to um, I guess loop it that was that was an own goal, and it's like whatever. Like I'm not even going to even go there. So um, yeah, you know the media, you know you're, you're trying to make a story out of really nothing. It was it was it wasn't uh, it wasn't it was just unlucky bounce for us.
1: Was that? I mean, was it? Uh, did, did your teammates say? Does the teammates say anything to you after a game? Does your goaltender say anything to you, or just kind of all shake your hand and be like, whatever?
3: Oh yeah, no. I mean, they, everybody knew it was just a bad luck, bad luck bounce, and um, you know, unfortunately, we lost the game, and and then we l- end up losing the series. So yeah, it was. It was just one of those things that happen it happens quick, and you see tons of usually overtime goals or crappy goals. You know you get the puck to the net and something happens right? So unfortunately, we're on the wrong end of that. Um, I did have a funny story though I because we were talking about Chris Russell the other day with my buddies and and I actually took a slap shot at Glenn Healy one time, um, and that was I, the puck was shot in, it bounced off the end boards, and I was going to ring it around the, um, ring it around the net, and I got hooked. And it just turned me enough. I actually took a full-fledged slapper right at Glenn Healy, and it, he was just standing there and went right into his glove. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> and, and Glenn and I are really good friends. And we looked at each other, and I'm like, "Oh, nice save. And he's like, yeah. <laughs> and we just and we laughed about it after. But, I mean, there's there's a, you know, I could have been Chris Russell on the highlights, right? But, you know, it just happened. I got, I got hooked, and I got my body turned, and... And uh, I shot it, but then I remember Mark Bergerman throwing and throwing the puck in his own net. Yeah, right. Wh- yeah. So which team? So which which team was that when you drilled it at Healy? Oh, it was with the Leafs. That was with the, the Leafs, the Leafs yeah. too.
1: Yeah, I think I think I vaguely yeah. remember that too because it was just like all of a sudden, like, oh, that happened. And
3: then there was just a face-off, yeah, yeah. I think. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It just went right in Glenn's, Glenn's glove.
1: <laughs> oh, did you? Um, yeah. w- was it? I don't know how to word this the best the 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 best way. Was it ever, and you played in Edmonton as well, and you and I have talked about that. Was it ever difficult dealing with, and I don't want to paint all the media with one brush, because I don't like when people do that to me, but were there ever difficulties with some broadcasters or writers in Toronto for you, where you felt like, come on, like you're going over the top?
3: Uh, well, to be honest with you, I, I kind of said to myself when I went to Toronto to read any newspaper, so I really stayed away from reading any of the articles and, and um you know, you you get kinda of get the word, you know, address room somebody is saying you know, uh, there's a media writer saying something about something and but I mean that's their job. They're trying to look for they're trying to look for holes, they're trying to make a story and um unfortunately when you're when you're younger you don't really realize like, hey, they're just they gotta sell newspapers, they gotta, you know, get they got to make controversy. It's controversial stuff, right? So, um, but I really stayed away from the newspapers. Um, I didn't read them. I remember Darcy Tucker was always going crazy, and I'm like, "Tucks, just just don't read anything. Like, just stay away from it." <laughs> but he couldn't help it. He always had to re- read something. So, um, but yeah, you know, yeah, and I, I know I feel for the guys in Evanston. Uh, coming from a strong year last year, and and I talked to Todd uh, Todd this summer, and he goes, "You know, it's going to be a tough year." And I, 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 I could foresee this happening, too, is, you know, teams are ready for you now. They're, you're coming into rinks, and they're ready for you. And now it's all about how they're going to adjust to that, right? And they're still a real young team. And uh, I, I think they're going to pull out of this. They're well coached. Um, they've got a good, strong a strong team, and they just got to they just got to play better as a unit and get the confidence back. Well,
1: I'm glad you mentioned what what Todd said to you, and that's been a bit of a theme that we keep bringing up here about the expectations. Is it easier to play when when not much is expected to you? Are you are or you are considered the underdog if you want to use that word?
3: Oh percent, hundred percent. I mean, I think they surprise a lot of teams, you know, and. And now they're not surprising anybody. They know they know you know Connor's out there, and they've got a plan for Connor, and they've got a plan for Drysital, and you know it's they're very much more well prepared um, when the Oilers come into town now, and um, and that's just the way you know the way it is, and it's the league is so close, and you know I haven't seen too much of the games, but it sounds like you know the goaltending hasn't been as strong as it was last year, and. That's all, that's all it takes. You have, have a good good goalie, you win the game. If you have a bad goalie, you're probably not going to win it. So, um, yeah, hopefully, hopefully uh, Talbot gets back and gets back to his uh, the way he played last year, and they'll be fine.
1: Yeah, yeah. Hopefully he's not out for for too long. They're saying a couple of weeks. Corey, I always love catching up with you. Thanks for sharing some of those uh, memories from, uh, uh, I guess, kind of a, a memorable playoff you had on both sides of the ledger in uh, in two thousand and one. And all the best with your uh, your Adam hockey team this weekend, man. I hope we can talk again soon.
3: All right, thanks, Reid. Take-
1: That's Corey Cross, one of the good guys to interview. So yeah, had the foot go, had the puck go off his foot into his own net, but he had a much Closer call in terms of uh, what would have been embarrassing where he uh, got his hand hooked and wound up taking a a full slap shot on his own goaltender in a game. He was trying to wring it around, got his body turned, fired it right into his own goaltender's glove. That was Corey Cross here on 630 Chet. We're coming right back. Big night for the Oil Kings tomorrow. We'll tell you why. This is Mark Letestu from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio 6:30. Chat. Talking about Matt Hendricks earlier, Alan May, who covers the Washington Capitals, compared new Oiler Nathan Walker to Matt Hendricks in terms of tenacity and work ethic. Unfortunately, just seeing on Twitter here, apparently Hendricks has taken a skate blade to the face, and uh, oh, and he's already back. Well, wouldn't you know it? You know, you know how tough Hendricks is. Takes a skate blade to the face, according to Twitter about five minutes ago, already back in the game and killing a penalty for the Winnipeg Jets as they trail the Golden Knights 3-1 halfway through the second period. My name is Reed Wilkins. Inside Sports on 630 Chad. Oilers and Flames tomorrow in Calgary at Rogers Place. The Edmonton Oil Kings will host the Prince Albert Raiders. 7 o'clock face-off. It's the Oil Kings teddy bear toss game for 630 Chet, Santa's Anonymous. Kevin Radomski is the Director of Business Operations for the Oil Kings. Kevin, thanks for coming on the show. How's it going? Great. How are you doing, Reed? I'm doing wonderful. Is the game sold out? We're very, very close. We
0: have some tickets still remaining in the Upper Bowl. So I can tell you, if you're thinking about coming to this game and there's no other game like it, Make sure you, you take care of that business tonight because we do expect this game will be sold out uh, tomorrow when we drop the punt.
1: All right, we're talking like... We're, we must be talking like dozens of tickets, if even that remains. Yeah,
0: there's scads of tickets kind of here and there. And, okay. And, uh, you know, like, it's, it's so amazing to say that for a junior hockey team, to even think of selling 18,000 tickets in an NHL market is crazy. And then to say that we're going to do it, it's even crazier. So, yeah excited for a big game tomorrow night.
1: Kevin, I mean, we know what happens when the Oil Kings score, you throw the Bears. For people going, or if you're going for the first time, do you have to go out and buy a teddy bear tomorrow and bring it to the rink? Or are there options at Rogers Place? What happens there?
0: So, basically, we're encouraging everyone to come to make sure that you're coming with a Bear or Bears and then also at the rink, our sponsor, which is the Brick, is going to be selling their special Brickly Bear, who's wearing a replica of one of our specialty jerseys we're going to wear on the ice, for $19.95. And all of those proceeds go to the Stollery. and Then when we score our first goal, you throw that very same bear on the ice, and then that supports 630 Chad says, anonymous.
1: So it's kind of a little win-win. Okay, that's pretty cool. What about the special jerseys that you guys are wearing? What happens with them?
0: Yeah, so basically, the the jerseys that the players are wearing tomorrow night for one night only, they're an ugly Christmas sweater theme, and uh, the players love them. Uh, it was kind of a, a little bit of a brainchild from our our kind of trainer and our athletic therapist. They were they were talking to us over the spring and summer, and they said, "Hey, we've never tried this before, and we've never done a Christmas sweater." And so the, the boys are going to be playing that, and after the game, uh, sorry, so during the game, we're going to actually. Uh, some silent auctions and some raffles for all of those jerseys. All of those proceeds go to uh, San's Anonymous as well. And then after the game, the boys pop upstairs, they autograph the jersey, they give it to the successful bidder, and you get to walk home with the jersey that is still wet from the ice, it still smells like a Hawks jersey. And hey, that's, that's part of the charm of, uh, of the whole thing. It's really cool.
1: All right, that's pretty fun for sure. Somebody, Kevin, I'm almost embarrassed to ask this because someone asked me earlier in the week, and I was like, you know what, I'm not sure. There are nets up behind the, the, in the two end zones to protect people from pucks. So what happens if you're sitting there and you have a bear to throw?
0: So basically what you can do is, is the journey of the average bear will go from the sides and ends to the middle. And then from the middle uh, onto the ice. So a lot of people do the, the hail mary shot. I'll think that they can make it. Uh, those nets are there to stop pucks at high velocity. They also stop bears at low velocity. <laughs> uh, basically, the way it works is the lower bowl pretty much will get the bears from the upper bowl, and then the uh, the um, the bears then get thrown onto the ice. It's, it's kind of a cool. Very Canadian. Everyone helping them, uh, helping their neighbor out, kind of thing.
1: All right. So this, the process obviously takes a while. A to get all the bears on the ice, and then B to get them all. Because you're hoping for well over fourteen thousand, ideally, right?
0: Yeah. So last year we had just under fourteen thousand bears, which is phenomenal. And of course, our message is: if you're coming, please bring multiple bears. And like every one of these bears is going to help brighten a Christmas morning for someone in our community. It could be our neighbor, it could be our friend, it could be a co-worker. Chances are in the city, it's somebody that we know. And we want to make sure that 630 Chad Sanzadonis has all the tools they need to really help spread the joy. It's such a great night like Christmas.
1: Kevin, that's awesome. You guys have done a great job organizing. it. 7 o'clock tomorrow. Teddy Bear Toss. You can help out. 630 Ched Santa's Anonymous. Uh, you'll have to text me tomorrow night, the bear total, so I can get it on our Oilers broadcast, okay? I promise, yeah. There's
0: like an army of people that work behind the scenes, counting feverishly, loading them up. and They actually get taken right to Santa's Anonymous Depot the same night, and Lana Norland and her crew start sorting the bears right there. Like they get I don't know what Santa's workshop looks like, but I have a feeling it kind of looks like that, where it's really something to behold. So if you're coming tomorrow night, our doors are going to open half an hour early. 5.30 is door time. 7 o'clock is puck. We will have bags for bears. But if you want to pre-bag your bears to help keep them dry when you throw them on the ice, all the better. Okay. And really, I hope you start working out your arms and get ready for the big toss <laughs> as soon as you score that first goal.
1: That's awesome, Kevin. Thanks for updating us. I hope it's perfect tomorrow night. I appreciate the support. Thanks, Reed. That is Kevin Radomski, Director of Business Operations for the Edmonton Oil Kings. As he mentioned, still a few tickets left, oilkings.ca, to check that out. Kenny Stafford, receiver for the Eskimos, in studio next. Uptown,
0: downtown. Somewhere in between, Hope Street Property Management offers the perfect property for every renter. Recently included in Canada Business Magazine's 500 Fastest Growing Companies list, Hope Street's values of growth, innovation, and family have all contributed to a well-rounded workforce, effective business model, and thousands of satisfied clients. Rent a property,
4: hopestreet.ca,
0: or find a renter for your property. We'll guard your castle.
4: This is Darius Bowman from your Edmonton Eskimos. And you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630 Chad. All
3: right, thanks a lot
4: for tuning in tonight.
1: Inside Sports on 630 Chad. My name is Reed Wilkins. Here's what's happening in the NHL. Devils and Avalanche scoreless late in the first. In the second period, Vegas and Winnipeg tied 2-2. Kings up 2-0 on the Blues. In the third, Sharks and Panthers tied 1-1. Blue Jackets lead the Ducks 3-2. The Rangers have beaten the Hurricanes 5-1. Penguins shut out the Sabres 4-0. And late in the third, the Islanders trailing the Senators 6-5. That's been quite a game. Well... You know, it's, uh, one of the best parts of my job is just booking guests and thinking of who can we get to talk about this, who might be the right person to analyze this, who might have a good story. Or sometimes you're on Twitter and you see a professional athlete say, looking to use my communications degree this off-season. Any sports radio stations in Edmonton that would like a guest, I'm your man. I replied to that tweet and within five minutes... This gentleman was booked for the show. It's Eskimos receiver Kenny Stafford. Hi, Kenny.
4: Hey, what's going on? How you doing? Thanks for having me. Now, what prompted you to put that tweet out? Uh, just sitting in my living room, to be completely honest, <laughs> trying to figure out uh, what I should start doing this off season. you know, just uh, keeping, staying busy, not just being bored, just laying in the house. So send out the tweet, and you responded, and I'm like, yeah, why not? I always, like, I love sports, love sports talk radio, so... Uh, my uncle's in sports radio right now having his own show on Fox Sports. So now tell w-
1: people who that is. Chris Carter. Who?
4: So uh, I've been watching his show, just, you know, him seeing him speak about sports and, you know, what's going on on the latest topics. So I decided, you know, just give it a try.
1: All right. Well, hopefully my name rang a bell when
4: I replied back and
1: you weren't just like, who is this weirdo? No,
4: no, no, no. I was surprised (laughs) someone got back to me so fast. I was like, oh yeah, why not? And you said tonight. So I was like, oh yeah, I'm down
1: for sure. Oh, good stuff. Good stuff. Friday night. Well, I think you know most people want to spend their Friday nights with with Reed Wilkins. It's pretty much a dream come true. Yes. (laughs) Yes, it is. Yes, it is. (laughs) Thanks, Kenny. He's just going with it. So tell people a little bit about this communications degree uh, you, you know because you're doing it while you're playing pro football I would assume so what was it like accomplishing this?
4: Uh, It was a uh, it was a great accomplishment you know graduating college that was the one thing I said I, I promised my mom I was going to do when I left the school I was going to graduate uh, I did my four years at Toledo uh, my communications degree I chose something I wanted to do where I knew I could excel. I was the type of kid always, you know, class clown always up roaming around and I'll always love to talk. Like I would be the one where the teacher would Shh, shut up, shut up. So I was like, I need somewhere where I can go, where I could use my personality, where I can interact with people. And I took my first public speaking class, and then after that, I fell in love with it. And then went from then on into broadcasting, into TV production, into news writing, and I was like, you know what, this is something I want to do. So I did many forms of communication from learning how to work your, your booth, learning how to be the host, learning how to conduct an interview. So uh, I fell in love with it. That's
1: incredible. So you you would like to do some? What would you prefer? And you're still a pretty. How old are you now? You're really young. still. I am still. 27. You're 27 now. Okay, yes. so you can still play for quite a while. Yes. But would you like to be specifically a sports broadcaster um, when you're when you retire?
4: Have you thought that far ahead? I've, I haven't thought. I've thought ahead of what I want to do after uh, sports, after football, with whether it be coaching, whether it be sports broadcasting, or whether it be. Getting into uh, sports, sports marketing, you know, just a brand, taking what I've learned with being an athlete and me adding on to a brand, giving them my ideas from my side, whether that be sports marketing, whether that be business, whether that be anything. So the sky is really the limit for me. It's just really honing in and figuring out what I really want to do.
1: Okay, so d- how did you finish your degree once you became a CFLer?
4: What did you have to do? Uh, school, online classes. So it was all, all online, all, eh? all, all online classes, all online classes, and uh, was just able was able to was able to finish. University of Toledo gave me a chance, It allowed me to finish, and I thanked them forever. And. Uh, it was. It wasn't so much difficult, cause you know you. I'm doing this as, like I said, as a promise, and it was a plan B. It's my fallback plan, as you. So, me knowing, I have this fallback plan. It can I can put even that much more into football for me to, really chase my dream, really go after my dream, knowing that, if I don't succeed once, if I don't succeed twice, all right third time, fourth time, if I want to give football up, I have something that I can go to where I have this piece of paper where I can show someone or put it on a job application and I'm like, okay, this guy's qualified. So right. it's definitely a, a fallback, for sure.
1: Okay, so you thought perfect, let's let's get on some talk radio in Edmonton. So here yeah, we are. Why not? Kenny Stafford from the Eskimos joining us.
4: What did you think of the Grey Cup, buddy? Oh, wow. Uh... It was a very, very interesting game. I, I expect something unexpected of that. Uh, Calgary tends, in the big game, tends to have a hard time closing it out whether, when it's in the Grey Cup. Uh, and Toronto, it seemed like Toronto really wanted it more. If you could you could feel it, just the, the feel, watching the TV, even when they weren't down, they didn't get discouraged. They continued to play football. So, and like you say, uh, in football, there's six plays that make a game and you don't know when those six plays are. So you gotta keep playing.
1: So did you, so you sense that from Calgary, even watching them during the season and because of what happened last year, or did you sense it that day that just somehow Toronto was hanging around and was gonna do something?
4: Uh, this Calgary team this year was good, really good. I mean, considering their record and how they first in the West, which the West was crazy this year. But it wasn't the same Calgary team, if if you know what I mean. They didn't really, when they had you down, they didn't step on your throat like a normal Calgary team had. Like, even in our Western final game, they had a, put, like, plenty of times to really put the dagger in our heart and they let us hang around keep letting us hang around keep letting us fight so I didn't see the same Calgary team This, in it. I mean that's veteran presence you know Mayo was hurt they don't have King on there anymore they mm-hmm. had a lot of veteran presence on on that team that really gave them that edge I played in Calgary so I think I have a little like insight into that locker room. Like I, I played there, I know the coaches. I still know players there too.
1: Okay, Kenny Stafford from the Eskimos joining us on Inside Sports. What a year for your team! Win seven, lose six, mm-hmm. win five, win a playoff game, and then obviously the uh, the disappointment in in the West final. And for you, uh there were a lot of receiver, a lot of good receivers on the roster, and but a lot also got hurt. I mean, I'm sure. Well, let, let me, I don't want to put words in your mouth. How how did you handle a all the injuries going around you? And plus um you know, for you is it was it me, was it fair to say you didn't play as
4: much as you wanted, first of all? Of course.
1: Of so how course. do you deal with that?
4: Uh bigger pitcher. No, it's bigger than you. It's a team game. Uh that's the one thing that our, our receiver group really bought into. Uh this was the most talent most talented receiver group from top to bottom I've ever been around. Mm-hmm. Whether that be in the NFL, whether that be in the CFO, whether that be in college. Uh we had a mo- like a lot of talent from top to bottom. So it was like once we, everyone figured out their role and what their role was going to be on this team, it was easy, even easier to buy into because at the end of the day, we were so unselfish. We loved seeing the other person succeed. So really just being un, like, unselfish, just knowing that it's a bigger picture, knowing that you're part of something. Like we're, we're trying to build something great here throughout the receiver group rather than just being an individual.
1: All right, so the last couple of years for you you're you're, like i I always praised you on on in 2015 you had a big touchdown in the in the west final um you made a lot of big plays i mean they had i know they had bowman and walker but i always thought you were right there you made a key you encouraged jones to challenge in the gray cup right wasn't that you yes what do you remember about that uh, uh, this was on the long pass to Walker that yeah. they originally ruled. Just to remind people, the Eskimos are down. They're <laughs> driving. Uh, they throw a long one to Walker. The refs call it incomplete. Chris Jones challenges. It's called pass interference. The Eskimos go in and score the winning touchdown. But y- you said you get that Jones had to challenge.
4: Yeah, because right? I I saw I saw I'm on the other side of the field uh running off coverage and then i see the ball on there so of course i'm as a receiver we're going to stop and track the ball and i'm watching and i see the collision happen and i see the ball uh fly by and then coach jones is staring and holding the flag and it's just like yo throw the flag so like i'm saying it under my breath like throw the flag throw the flag and as i get closer to the sideline i'm starting to scream throw the flag like throw it like it's a pi and then he finally threw it and then he brought me over to it. he goes, Yeah, if you ever yell at me that if you ever yell at me like that again, I got some words for you. I was like, Yeah, no worries, I won't yell like was that. Was he actually mad or was he joking? I think he was joking, but it, being serious at the same time, you never know with Coach Jones. He has a real solid poker face, so I didn't want to cross that line. So I just, you know, walked down to the end of the end of the bench where all my teammates were, saw the PI, and we went back on the field and scored <laughs> and went up. So and we won the Great Cup. So, hey, he he can't be too mad at me.
1: So what was – so 2015 – now, where'd you go for 2016? 2016, I was
4: in Montreal. And that was a free agency, right? Yes, in the free agency.
1: So you were – because originally you were traded for Fred Stamps. Yes. All right. And, boy, people were mad when that happened, by the way, buddy. Not that we got you. we got a lot of backlash for that. Like what?
4: Just like, oh, what are we doing? Who's this staffer kid? We – don't like he doesn't even have a stat. I was just like, like just give me one chance. Like that's all I ask. And uh, I made it. I made it. Uh, I made it. Something in my heart, you know. I just told myself like I'm gonna make the Edmonton people fall in love with me. I made it a a goal of mine, just to you know be a fan favorite and to know that you guys did get a good football player in the trade. All right. Well, hold
1: that thought. We'll, we'll, we'll go over the last couple of years when we get back here. Kenny Stafford from your Edmonton Eskimos in studio on Inside Sports.
4: This is Mike Riley from your Edmonton Eskimos, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630 Chet.
1: All right, well, Mike Riley has thrown plenty of passes to this guy, Kenny Stafford, in studio, who gets gift certificates like some guests to the show do from Northern Chicken. Book the rumpus room for up to 12 of your closest friends and dig in for a family-style chicken picnic at northchickenyeg.com. Kenny, as you know, that's called a live read. Just knocked it off.
4: Wow, yeah, oh, okay, yeah, I like that, I like that.
1: Okay, so we just got, we got we got to talk about this because, um... You and I have done interviews before. When we would have done those interviews, this would have not been part of your story. Yes. Tell people about recently
4: meeting your father. Whoa. So uh, about nine months ago, in March, I was I hired someone to find my father. I I don't know who my dad is. I didn't know who my father was. So uh, hired someone, got his name, got his social media uh sent him out sent him a, a direct message you know just letting them know who i was and my all my accomplishments and letting them know that i didn't need anything more than a relationship i wanted to know who my father was because i felt like as a man for you to really know yourself you need to know both parents so i reached out to him sent him a direct message i went over to a friend's house i'm like nervous i'm waiting and then i get a that direct message back. I would love to talk to you. Here goes my number. That was it. I was like, wow, so, I mean, at least he's open. So I gave him a phone call. Uh, hour and a half later, uh, I'm like, man, this might be my dad. This is like, uh, the conversation was so smooth and just so easy and it was no hard feelings. It was like more like, where are we going from here? So uh, I had a wedding actually out in uh, California where he's where he's actually living in LA. So I was like, man, I'm gonna be out there for a wedding. Uh, maybe, you know, I can stop by, you know. Uh, a day trip turned into a three week trip. I was out there for three weeks uh, with my dad, got a DNA test, uh, came back obviously 100%. And was able to, for the first time, have closure in my life, you know, just been able to, I felt complete and just that, just that incident just made, made me even more, like I said, whole, like it made me like, okay, now, now I can really do anything now, now that that's out the way and every i don't have to you know think about well, maybe he's in the stands or maybe he's really maybe he's still looking up on me now. and
1: he wasn't aware that you were his, no, his son at all there was aware. no awareness either he way was not
4: aware wow so it was a both so it, what does the rest of your family think that you it's contacted him uh, i mean he's been to my house for thanksgiving he okay. been to my mom to meet my grandmother who raised me so uh the family's open the family loves this bond and they can tell it's natural and it's real and they're like this is something they always wanted for me you know for me to have a relationship with my father know who my father is so it's good just to be able to pick up your phone and call your dad and say hey what's going on and just talk about life and talk about journeys and experiences and memories so uh like i said this is month nine now that i have a dad and we just got back from atlanta for thanksgiving and uh, we just got off the phone and you know he's doing well, so he's actually listening in California. So what's up, Dad?
1: Well, thank you for listening. <laughs> uh, his name's sort of Gene Smith. Did you say Gene Smith? And yes. he, pl- t- you gotta tell people about his athletic history. It's pretty high profile. Well,
4: yes, I do thank him for his athletic ability. You know, my dad played uh, at Georgetown from '80 80 to '84, so played in two national championships. Basketball, we're talking. Basketball, yes. He's not a football player, but I don't think basketball. Georgetown was known for its <laughs> football program. I'm so, pretty sure. Uh, played in two national. <laughs> Championships one one uh, from what I see and from what I hear he was a crazy defender uh, could guard anyone on the court and uh, is the top one hundred player in Georgetown history so wow. I mean, that's something to be proud of so he would have played with Patrick Ewing he played with Patrick Ewing still close with Patrick right now communicates with him as Patrick became the uh, head coach of Georgetown so right oh yeah that's right yeah he's yeah, the so coach now we're too we're gonna be we're gonna be hitting up a we're going to be hitting up a game. Well, that's amazing. So
1: without, I mean, a lot of uh, guys who become pro athletes, if their father's a pro athlete, the the dad's in their life and sort of showed them the ropes. So it's amazing you both <laughs> were high caliber athletes, yes. even though, you know, he wasn't involved in your life till now. So that's, yes. that's amazing. Uh, thanks for sharing that, Kenny. No that, problem. That's that's incredible. So unfortunately, we're winding down. So which means okay. you're going to have to come back. Yes. You're staying. You're you're staying in Edmonton this winter. Yes, I'll you're be. You're a
4: ed, full-on Edmontonian. I'll I'll be a full-on Edmontonian for this off season. Yes. Yeah, so as I uh, continue contract negotiations with Brock and uh, wanting to be here, so I'm I'm staying the the full off season, seeing what you guys call winter. And, uh, well, today is nice. <laughs> today is nice. I'm, I was surprised. I'm surprised. I'm I'm sitting here, you know, counting down the days for when, you know, you guys say when it gets really cold.
1: What's your favorite thing about Edmonton?
4: Favorite thing about Edmonton, the people. People are real. Hardworking, hard class, real people. You know, they can say hello. How you doing? They're not stuck up. They're not walking around with their nose in the air. Just the people. The people are real.
1: That's awesome. Kenny, thanks for coming in. We are going to keep in touch. We are going to get you in again and we'll, yes. we'll cover more topics. Yes. And I'm, just I maybe. Know anything. Yeah, sports, just talk about what's going on. Was, you, are
4: you watching the hockey team? You following the uh, Oilers? I. Okay. I'm from Columbus. We're
1: in the last minute, so i gotta, I got to put you on the. Yeah, we're, I'm the from clock. Columbus.
4: We have a Blue Jackets game. We have blue, the Blue Jackets <laughs> in Columbus. I've been to maybe three hockey games. Hockey is way. More fun to watch in person than it is on TV, hundred percent. Most sports are,
1: ah. except for maybe golf and curling. Golf and curling are better on TV. Yes,
4: but no, I, I will. <laughs> since, like I said, I'm being an Edmontonian, I gotta, I we gotta should, hit up a couple hockey. We games. should
1: get you curling, then you'll really be a Canadian. Hey, I'll try anything. Kenny, thanks for coming in. Thank you. That's Kenny Stafford, receiver for your Edmonton Eskimos in studio. Tomorrow at 6:30, face-off show, Oilers and Flames. The game starts at eight. Kellen Kennedy is our studio producer. Dave Campbell is the producer of the show. My name is Reed Wilkins. Thank you so much for listening. 6:30, Chad. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins, weekdays at six on 6:30, Chad.